Welcome to the Ask the Experts podcast. Here's Karen Bhatia. I am Karan Bhatia chatting with Mark Chinook. You've seen him on Top Rank Boxing. You've seen him many other places. Mark Chinook, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, brother. Thank you so much for uh, for having me on. Always a pleasure to catch up uh, in this way. I got to work on my background here. Clearly, I need a better home uh, Zoom studio. <laughs> we'll send you some stuff. Don't worry about that. Okay. Um, you're on the road every week. It doesn't matter. Um, That's okay. <laughs> You're one of the hardest working men in television, been seeing you out here at some of these great fights, top rank ESPN, of course, doing their thing. They're rolling. We actually have a fight coming up this weekend. It's a really interesting card. I wanted to, to get your thoughts on it. So Robesi Ramirez uh, is headlining. Now, if people don't know his story, he's actually a two-time gold medalist in the Olympics. That tells you so much you have to know. He also defeated Shakur Stevenson in the Olympics, which is amazing. Uh, he defected from Cuba. Uh, lost his pro debut, which actually can happen um, to to a lot of that happened to Bernard Hopkins. That happened to Juan Manuel Marquez. And he's won 13 straight since. Um, and he's taking on Rafael Espinoza, who they're both 29 years old, both in their prime. Now, I saw this and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. And um, I, I know you'll be you know doing introductions and press conferences and things with these fighters. I saw that Ramirez listed at five, six. Uh, Espinoza is undefeated. Uh, he's listed at six one. Um, so that's a seven inch height advantage. Espinosa is from uh, Mexico. He's a tough fighter, of course. Um, that's going to be a, a big advantage for Espinosa going into this. This is a close fight, right? I think it's an extremely close fight. I think it's an exciting card, uh, top to bottom. And it's our first time going to this venue in Florida. So I'm all about heading to Florida uh, out of this cold weather in, in the Vegas desert right now. So, you know, like you said, he lost his pro debut. But the kid has just mad skills. And I've been privileged to see every one of his professional fights ringside. And, uh, you know, when he gets into the ring, there's a a switch that gets flipped. And I've asked this of a lot of young fighters, right? Because we want to see them succeed. You want to see your stable of young prospects be successful. And sometimes, and you know, the sitting ringside, you get frustrated watching some of these fighters because you're like, I know you have another gear. Why aren't you flipping this switch? I don't think Ramirez has ever had a problem flipping the switch, except for maybe his pro debut. And as you mentioned, it's common. Sometimes it happens where they're just sort of overwhelmed by the moment uh, of making their professional debut. And, you know, I think he, uh, you know, he got knocked down. And I think the first round was just sort of like a, a random punch I got him and caught him off guard. He, he got knocked down. And in those four round fights, it's, you know, it's hard to play catch up in four rounds when you, when you, you get popped, but this kid has some mad skills. Uh, and I think this is going to be a brawl to your point. Uh, his opponent has, I think, would you say six inches on him? He's a big dude. Six or seven inches. He's yeah. uh, Rafael Espinosa, 21 and 0, 18 knockouts from Mexico in his prime, 29 years old. I yeah. mean, it's going to be a scrap. the opponent. Yeah. I think these are these are fights that you know can can really set you up for the next step, right? It's 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 a big big time challenge. We know this kid is not going going out of there uh, easy. He's coming to fight. It's in Florida. The place is going to be packed, and uh, you know it's it's again. I'm a kid in a candy store walking into a brand new venue. Uh, Xander Zayas on the undercard. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend for boxing in Florida. And I'm just really excited to see this main event. Um, you know, really, these guys are just going to bring it. It's going to be a battle. And we all know Mexican fighters, they don't, they don't lay down. And uh, it's, it's, 
It's Cuba, Mexico. Let's go. Let's get it on. It's it's a competitive main event. Both fighters in their prime. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we were talking about fighters who flipped the switch. I, I was fortunate to to call fights in October, uh, and and one of the for for top rank and ESPN International, and and one of the fighters on that card was Keyshawn Davis. And and I mentioned that during the broadcast. That's one of the things I said. It's always interesting to see when he flips that switch. Um, and, and it seems like a lot of the great fighters have that. And, and speaking of young, great fighters, you mentioned Xander Zayas. I wanted to ask you about him. This kid's a phenom, only 21 years old, 17 and 0, 11 knockouts. He's representing Puerto Rico. And the, and the one thing you, you spent a lot of time with Xander Zayas at press conferences, at weigh-ins, at fights. I wanted to ask you about this. Not only does he perform in the ring, but he has a great head on his shoulders and he, he totally gets it in terms of making himself into a, an authentic star, right? Someone personable, someone that you can have a conversation with who understands the vision, who's humble, who's hungry. I mean, what, what have you gotten uh, from spending time with Xander Zayas? All of that. Yeah, you're saying exactly uh, who he is. He's a well-spoken young man and he understands his journey, which I think is very important. I think, I think a lot of times young fighters don't have the patience or that that stamina, the understanding of the journey, the task at hand. And I think Xander gets it. Uh, he's not forcing the issue. He's he's rolling with the punches, no pun intended. Uh, but he handles himself in such a way that you called it, man. He walks into a room and, and you see a, a superstar in the sport emerging. Um, you know, again, he's going to, as these fights move along in his career, he's going to get tested. He's going to have better opponents, better challenges ahead of him. I think this is one of them. Um, but from a from a gentleman standpoint, it's it's rare to see that type of composure at, a, at that at that early age, 21 years old. Like there's no there's no BS in his game. Right. Like he's not on social chirping like you see other young kids like it, it just doesn't exist. And I think that has a lot to do with his camp, his management. Uh, he already has some pretty uh, high end endorsement deals, from what I understand. Um, so. I'm a fan, you know, obviously, again, I'm I'm biased because I've been able to to work every one of his fights since he signed with top rank. So I've seen the journey. I have a better understanding of now of, of the matchmaking and then how top rank is is grooming him to become the next Puerto Rican superstar. He already is. You know, last time I was in New York uh, last year for Puerto Rican Day Parade, I'm on a float with this kid, you know, and I'm watching him handle that. Puerto Rican day parade. There's, there's no bigger Puerto Rican celebration in the United States than what goes down in New York city. And, uh, I think he was the co-feature on that card and we were riding a float together and I'm, I was just in awe of, of him, you know, and at that time, I think he was 19, 20 years old. I'm like, geez. So again, two, two incredible young men that, uh, are, are headlining this card this weekend in Florida. And, I just again, I tip my cap to them. Uh, just what they are, what they are doing for the sport of boxing is, is fantastic. These are the next superstars in the sport, and uh, I'm just privileged to be able to sit ringside and watch them do their thing. Listen, it's the hurt game. We that's what it is, yeah. right? And they go in the ring every every other you know fight, and they're risking their lives, uh, doing what they do, putting food on the table. And at the end of the day, it's a business. And these two are definitely handling their business. They've got people, great people in their camps, both of them. And uh, it's just an honor and privilege to watch these kids do what they do. And it's crazy. They're kids, you know, uh, not so much our, our co, because he's, you know, like you said, he's 29 years old. But to see Zayas at 21 years old uh, perform at the level that he's performing at. And it's it, to me, it's dangerous, right? Because he, I don't even think he's come into his 
true man strength yet. Like when you see what he's doing as a 21 year old, what the heck is he going to be doing at 24, 25, 26? Like the guy's going to be a beast. And, uh, you know, he keeps improving his game, keeps working on his defense. I, I think he's he's the next big one for Puerto Rico, for sure. Sky's the limit for Xander Zayas and signed with top rank when he was just a teenager. And he's showing why now uh, yeah. just just an absolute phenom, uh, both, you know, in the ring, out of the ring. Uh, we were talking about young fighters and. We've seen you, of course, ring announcing for Top Rank, but also hosting these press conferences, and you get to spend time with a lot of these young fighters. And I and I wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, there's so many on the roster: Keyshawn Davis, Jared Anderson, Shakur Stevenson, Richard Torres Jr., Bruce Carrington. I mean, it goes on and on. Um, and and one thing that you get to do is is have some fun with these fighters. It's interesting because sometimes we'll see fighters in a more of a stoic manner. Like you might see a Jared Anderson being like, "Hey, I just want to make my money. I want to get out of the sport." But then you also see him maybe a little bit more emotional. There was the piece uh, with him and Roy Jones, and you could see the emotion there um, yeah. for Jared Anderson. So I just wanted to, to get your take. You know, there's fighters that are always uh, outspoken, always, you know, saying uh, interesting, you know, fun tidbits at press conferences like Keyshawn Davis. What's it like for you to see this young stable, not just in the ring, but also see their their personalities uh, at these press conferences and be around these young fighters? You know, you said the word personality, right? And that's such a big component to all professional sports. I'm a big hockey fan, right? I love the sport of hockey. I work for the Vegas Golden Knights out here. And I can be honest, hockey players sometimes aren't the greatest in the personality department, right? Like they're boring. They come to work, they put on a hockey outfit and they go skate around. And I think that's sort of detrimental to the sport because we can't leverage these great athletes because their personalities are so stifled. You look at the NBA, these guys rolling in every game night, they're they're wearing what represents them, their personality coming through, they do great interviews. Same in boxing. And I'm privileged again, because I get to sit with these guys and Top Rank does a great job of putting them in front of the camera early so we can start to learn and see who these kids really are. And for me, the, the approach that I always take for these press conferences is just to come at, I, I don't want to feel like I'm part of the media with them. I want them to feel comfortable around me. I want our, our conversations to always be conversational. And that's why you sometimes see some goofy one-liners come from me or from them for that matter, because I want to put them at ease. You know, I want them to feel as though this is their moment. They can really own this this time. Because at the end of the day, whether I'm ring announcing or, or hosting a press conference, it's not about me. It, it's not about me. I'm, I'm always in black in the ring when I'm, I'm ring announcing because it's about their moment, right? I'm just there to introduce them, get them ready for the war that they're about to enter. Press conference, I, it's the same approach. I want to make it about them. I want to make sure that we start with some easy questions so they can get grounded. Those sort of butterflies, their jitters in their, their stomach about being possibly nervous on, on television goes away. And then that personality, like you said, just just comes out. I've had incredible conversations with Richard Torres, joking about jumping out of airplanes, his mustache, you know, all sorts of goofy stuff. And Tiger Johnson, same thing. Uh, all those guys that are just now learning what it's like to be a star in the sport of boxing. They're not there yet, but you're starting to see these personalities come out that are, are what will eventually draw more fans to their game. Because at the end of the day, they, they do their talking with the gloves in the ring, but the press conferences, as you know, the weigh-ins, it's all about building up to Saturday night in the ring. And uh, I think the more we can pull and, and get their personalities to come out, the better. The more tickets will sell, the more fans will go to their social media and give them a follow. 
Uh, and everybody's looking for a good soundbite, man. I'm just trying to tee it up. <laughs> Speaking of a good soundbite, I want to ask you about one, but let me just mention, you mentioned Richard Torres Jr. And uh, there, there's a new top rank piece out now. It's going to be on top rank uh, socials and ESPN as well. It's called The Gentleman Boxer about Richard Torres. He's he's a heavyweight. He's got a great head on his shoulders. Uh, I, you know, we, we spoke to him at fighter meetings. He'll come in and shake everyone's hand. Uh, yeah. Definitely a gentleman, definitely a great personality. And, and I think to your point, at the end of the day, man, it's all about storytelling. And we we want to get fans and other people involved in these people's journeys because these are athletes who are risking their lives and, and competing at the highest level. And if uh, you can get the storytelling part where you can learn their authentic personalities, um, I think it makes it easy to to root for a lot of these kids, uh, you know, um, a lot of these young fighters um, yeah. that, that we spoke about. I wanted to ask you about a funny moment that happened at a press conference. And and if you, how much you remember of this Keyshawn Davis versus Anthony Yigit, I was there for it uh, live. Um, and, and, you know, obviously you want to inject the, the, you know, some levity into it also, you don't want it to just be a stone faced press conferences with people saying predictable sound bites. Right. So I'm sure that was part of the, that moment as well. Yeah. I, you're, I think you're talking about the moment where he turned around and was paying attention to the, yes. the not our, our ring girls more so as opposed yeah and i told him i said hey dig it your eyes are, are over here or something along those lines because yes uh, with tiana or stephanie rachel one of them standing behind him when we do the press conferences they the girls flank the the guys on the stools and i think he turned around and he he spent a good i don't know 30 60 seconds staring at the knockout and I said, hey, Yigit, turn around, face forward. To, and buddy. to be fair, the context being it was cold in, in Newark, New Jersey. And yeah. uh, and and, and right. he, uh, Anthony Yigit turned around and just to get confirmation, hey, it's cold in here. And then you immediately chime in. You said, eyes up front, Yigit, you know, yeah. <laughs> and just, well, and just we were, know, we were in the Prudential Center and it was chilly. Obviously, I think the Devils played the night before. And it was cold in the uh, the concourse area where we were hosting the press conference. And obviously the knockouts are in, in the in the outfits, uniforms that they wear. So they were probably colder than all of us. Uh, I think he was just genuinely concerned for one of the girls, wanted to maybe offer his jacket or something. <laughs> in the NBA, the game can change in an instant. But no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Win or lose, you get that instant dub. And if you go on DraftKings Sportsbook right now, there's tons of different game lines, quick same game parlays. They make it easy on there. You can even put some money down on the in-season tournament. A lot of exciting things going on with the NBA and DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code CURRAN, C-U-R-R-A-N. New customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CURRAN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com backslash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. 
Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. <laughs> to be fair, this is this is part of what we're talking about. It's like, you know, fighter like Anthony Yigit or he was taking on Keyshawn Davis, you know, showcasing your personality, having fun yeah. up there. And that's 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 a big part of what we're talking about. And I think that it, it's good that we're seeing that more and more in these press conferences um, and, and making, you know, these fighters more accessible, seeing the human side to these fighters, not just them competing in the in the ring like the gladiators uh, that they are. I, I wanted to ask you about you. You spoke about your role in these fights you mentioned you wear all black and it's your job to basically give these fighters their moment and and you've been doing that at at the highest level some of the biggest fights in boxing on on top rank and and espn um and and there's a few moments that that actually stood out to me recently and i wanted to just get your thoughts um of of kind of your mindset as you knew you were announcing some of these folks so we were talking about the Puerto Rican fans and how they come out in New York and Ed, we, you know, Edgar Berlanga uh, was fighting um, in New York for a long time uh, in Madison Square Garden. Same with Xander Zayas. Um, and, and, you know, as a ring announcer, you're going to go through a lot of different things, the record, things like that, but you know, the hometown. And when you say Puerto Rico, especially in New York, you know, that there's going to be a lot of fans in attendance and you know, the effect that that saying that is going to have another one that I, that I was there for live as well. Uh, Shakur Stevenson representing Newark and you made the choice to not say Newark you said Brick City right maybe more more commonly known as um so I'm just curious to your mindset of when you are announcing these fighters especially when they're in their hometown and you know hey you know you do you put an extra emphasis on some of those things like that knowing the crowd is going to respond and rally behind their fighters yeah you know and again truthfully and, and transparent I I'm fortunate because I'm with them for three days leading up to the fight, right? I'm not just coming in to do ring announcing Saturday night. I get to to host the press conference. I also host the weigh-ins. So by the time we get to Saturday night, I've probably had a half a dozen to a dozen interactions with the fighter or their camp. And so there becomes this camaraderie on both sides, both corners, right? Uh, they'll come to me. They'll come up to me at dinner or at lunch and, and just want to shoot the shit and sit at the table and talk. And then they'll say, hey, would you mind doing this, 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 and this? And so they'll start giving me their two cents on what they want to hear, a trainer, a manager, somebody could come up to me and say, hey, Mark, can you put a little emphasis on this? And so what I end up doing is, you know, I type everything out. I print it well ahead of the fight night and it's it's on my cards. And uh, sometimes I'll, I'll return to them and, and show them what I have planned just to make sure it's okay. Uh, just simply because I don't want to say something that could impact their mental state seconds before they're about to to go at it right and so i just try to do the courtesy the the genuine thing of just making sure that what's coming out of my mouth is what they want because uh, how awful would that be if you're like all gung-ho ready to beat the crap out of somebody and the ring announcer messes up your introduction you know this isn't the wwe it's not scripted you know this isn't a, a fake this is real life and these guys, like you said, are risking their lives. And that moment is about them. So I want to give them what they want. And I, I do it for the blue and red corner. There's there's no difference here. I want to make sure that, you know, they're each getting that moment uh, the way they want it to be. I love that preparation. You know, that's part of something that I've come to really love is, you know, I've started working now already, uh, you know, in the last couple of days on, on what this weekend is going to look like. And uh, it's just part of the sport that I absolutely love. And, you know, we talked about this already, but I've just been able to be with these guys since day one, some of them. And so 
it's nice to see that evolution of their game. And it's also nice for me to, to learn and grow and have my game evolve as well. So that as they get to the point where some of these young guys are fighting for titles, it's A, it's deserved. And B, the fighter and I now have a rapport because I've literally had a press conference and an introduction into the ring with them 20 times, 25 times. So they're accustomed to hearing me say what I say. Xander's one of those kids that he gets into this sort of, you know, side to side rhythm. And uh, he knows exactly where I'm going now when I'm doing his ring ring announcement. And uh, he waits for it. He can sense what's coming and and. Uh, again, like I said, I just make sure that I'm I'm not messing up any name pronunciations, where they're from. Uh, I'm from Canada originally, and I speak French, so the uh, the Spanish isn't uh, that far off. I'm no Bernardo Osuna by any means, but, uh, you know, Babel has been downloaded onto the phone because that's one of my goals for 2024 is to get a little better in the Espanol department so that I can interview these guys and not need a translator. Uh, but it's just, like I said, man, I'm a kid in a candy store with these guys. And I just, I want to do right by them, uh, honestly. And and I'm, I'm just, you know, such a, a prideful moment for me to know that these guys trust me now. We have a relationship, a rapport, and it's something that I, I certainly don't take for granted. And uh, just grateful to top rank in ESPN for the opportunity. The, these are such important moments for these fighters. You, you think about how many times in life, you know, a fighter is going to be on a national or global stage fighting for a, for a big opportunity. Yeah. Um, and so obviously, you know, our job is, you know, someone who calls the fights or ring announcing things like that right. is just to enhance that and, and help these people have that moment to the best of their ability. Uh, you mentioned Canada and I wanted to talk to you about, uh, you know, I've interviewed you in the past. We talked a little bit about your journey, um, you know, acting comedy. I know you spent some time in New York city, um, everything that you've done, uh, the hockey work, everything. Um, how did everything you've done in the past prepare you for, for some of the work that, that you do now? That's a great question, man. Um, you know, like I said, when I, when I, you know, in my, my late teens, I was a hockey player, you know, I was a goaltender in the Canadian hockey league. And just like every other Canadian, you want to raise the Stanley cup. Um, that didn't work out, obviously. So a new career path. I ended up, you know, diving into the Broadway community. And I was very fortunate enough to be a, a part of some massive Broadway shows, The Lion King, Rock of Ages. The big show Rock of Ages brought me to Vegas. That's how I ended up here. Um, pivoted to uh, the Golden Knights when, you know, they announced they wanted to bring a pro hockey team to Las Vegas. I was performing nightly at the Venetian. And I literally cold called Fidelity Financial, Bill Foley's office. And I said, hey, I want to help bring a pro hockey team to Vegas. I'm from Canada. What can I do? And I've been a part of that franchise for about nine years. The team's played for seven. But for two years, I was on the Vegas Wants Hockey Committee. Our job was just to, to encourage people to do a season ticket deposit for a team that didn't exist. From that point on, they found out about my entertainment background. I became the in-arena hype guy, so to speak, for the Golden Knights. And I've been doing that since day one. And then uh, Todd DeBuff from Top Rank came to a hockey game. He's a big hockey fan. And in season one of the Golden Knights, I got a call from uh, Nick Kahn at CAA Sports saying, hey, we represent Top Rank Boxing and ESPN. We want to meet with you. Flew back to L.A. for a quick meeting. And, and the rest is history. I've been with Top Rank for six years. Um, when Top Rank went into the bubble is when I sort of got thrown to the wolves a little bit. You know, during the pandemic, uh, Top Rank was one of the first to do a, a bubble in sports, all of sports, then the NBA followed suit. And that's when I sort of 
got thrown into the ring announcing bit because up to that point I was just hosting press conferences and weigh-ins and they threw me in the ring not virtually I was on a podium outside of the ring for you know COVID regulations but that's where I really got my feet wet and you know to be honest I got more reps as a ring announcer in two months than I think most ring announcers get in three years we were doing fights every Tuesday and Thursday for two months and we had six to eight fights on every card. So it was just sort of like a crash course and everybody was in the same situation, right? All of ESPN's crew, all of top rank staff, it was literally this well-oiled machine of throwing fights Tuesdays and Thursdays because ESPN didn't really have any content. So we were living at MGM Grand. We had a private elevator taking us up to a, an isolated floor, COVID testing. But to you know go back to the, the sort of the bulk of the question, all of those experiences of, of whether I was doing a, a Broadway show or in a locker room playing hockey or bartending to make ends meet, all of that stuff is it makes up who I am. You know, I, I, I can't really fake who I am. I'm just I've got all these goofy experiences in life from what you talked about, what we discussed. And I try to bring that to everything I do, whether it's a business endeavor or, or hosting a top rank event. You're going to get me, you know, you're going to get all of me. I, I don't say yes to anything without committing a hundred percent. And I, I love what I do and I've got my hand in a lot of pots, but boxing has taken over my life. I love the sport. I love everybody in the sport. You know, the, the staff at top rank that produced these events week in and week out are some of the best in the business. And obviously to, to have the opportunity to sometimes sit with Bob Aram and, and just listen to his stories and the history from 66 to where we are now, that's a pretty special opportunity to have. And I, I certainly don't take any of that for granted. And, uh, you know, I, I deal with Brad Jacobs all the time. And the guy is just the best in the business. And I'm not just blowing smoke. These are just great people. And at the end of the day, you want to surround yourself with great people. And uh, I, I'm just so blessed to be around the best. And we haven't even talked about the team that I have in my ear every night. Joe Tessitore, Timothy Bradley Jr., Bernardo Osuna, Christina Poncher, yourself, uh, Jamel Herring. You know, like I get to listen to these guys. Mark Kriegel, you know, Mark's storytelling is, is some of the best in sports. And so I'm sitting ringside with their voices in my ear because I have broadcast being pumped into my earpiece. It's a clinic. It's a clinic every weekend, you know, and uh, I've learned so much and have grown so much in the sport because of the people that I'm around. And I have a lot to learn, uh, you know, by by no means am I content with where I am in, in the sport. So, you know, I, I just it's humble pie. I take my licks, I take my notes and I keep it moving. But I am so blessed to be surrounded by uh, some of the best in the business. Great people. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past, but even the whole bubble concept, we have to give a shout out to Brad Jacobs and, and the whole top yeah. rank team to put something like that together in unprecedented times and, uh, you know, allow people at home to still get entertainment and things like that. Um, and so, you know, definitely a, a shout out there. Um, I wanted to ask you about you, you mentioned your hand in different pots and I know there's a cause that that's important to you. And, um, that, that goes through to uh, Monday's dark, it's the 10 year anniversary. And it, I know it's all going down for a good cause. It's going down in Vegas. So, uh, tell me a little bit about it. Yeah. So Monday's dark, uh, comes from the fact that Broadway is traditionally dark on Monday. And it's a 90-minute variety show, kind of like Saturday Night Live meets Jimmy Kimmel and all over the place. And I've been doing this thing in Vegas for 10 years. 
It happens on Monday night. And in 90 minutes, uh, we raised 10,000 bucks for a deserving nonprofit here in Vegas. We've partnered with about 181 nonprofits to date. Each of them have received 10,000 bucks from us and a bunch of awareness, obviously, on social. All the best entertainers from the strip here in Vegas come together. and You never know who's really going to show up. And in 90 minutes, two hours, we raise a ton of money and awareness for various nonprofits here in Vegas. Uh, December 11th here in Vegas, Monday night, we're going to take over the Pearl Theater at the Palms. We're going to have 2,000 people in attendance, and we're going to celebrate a decade of giving back to Vegas. This nonprofit is something my wife and I started when we first moved to Vegas. It's something we're passionate about. It's uh, We spent a lot of time on it, uh, and it's something that we're just we're proud of, right? It's, it's really helped a lot of people in Vegas. Uh, what's been great is people stop me at fights now, and, and they see my social media, and they're like, hey, man. Love what you do in boxing, but hey, proud of the stuff you're doing in Vegas, that Mondays stuff. And they'll butcher the name. will be like Dark Mondays or Mondays After Dark. I don't care what they call it. The fact is that they're noticing, uh, you know, this small all-volunteer team that we have here at Mondays Dark doing the work that we're doing. And it's it's just a passion project. We've raised millions for Vegas. We're not going to stop anytime soon. But Monday, December 11th, we're going to celebrate our 10th anniversary. And all information's on my social right now. It's all I'm talking about. So go over to my Instagram page, you'll see all the information. Mondaysdark.com is our website. And uh, if you can help us out, help us out. Tickets are always 20 bucks. So it's not like it's a big gala, you know, millions of dollars to go or hundreds of bucks for a steak dinner. This is a variety show. It's a goofy party and we give all the money away. So thank you for bringing it up and, and letting me talk about it. It's definitely something that, you know, my wife and I are extremely passionate about. And Top ranks even supported it. You know, they 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 understand the importance of community, and they've embraced it and helped me here and there as well. So it, it's it's a cool thing. We're proud of it. Thank you for for what you are doing and and giving back. And and if you are listening to this uh, this show, that means this coming Monday, December eleventh, you can go see the show in Vegas. You can contribute to the good cause, and, and sounds like you can get some good entertainment as well. Um, so just to just to close it out here. We know that there's a there's actually a great schedule coming up in, in all of boxing. Um, and and just to highlight maybe some of the events that that you'll be part of. Um, of course, we have December 9th, and we talked about Ramirez Espinosa at the top of the show. Uh, we got uh Inouye versus Tapa, uh, Tapales, and that's gonna be for an undisputed super bantamweight championship at the end of December. That's that's a huge fight uh, with a lot of different implications. The history is possible there. Uh, yeah. for Inouye to become an undisputed champion at a second division. It's only been done by one man before, and that was Terrence Crawford. Uh, big 2024 ahead, better be have Smith. We got Usyk Fury. Um, so tell me, just to close it out, tell me about what you're excited about for the fights this weekend and, of course, the upcoming schedule as well. Yeah, we go from, for me personally, I go from beautiful climate in Florida up to Quebec City in January. That's going to be <laughs> a battle, you know. I, I, that, first of all, that city's gorgeous. Uh, not so great in January, but it's okay. We'll battle with the snow. It's it's incredible to think what top rank continues to turn out, right? Like it's just, it's nonstop. The first quarter of 2024, I think there are five or six major fights on the docket and that's January through March. Uh, it's unbelievable. So we're going to rack up some air miles in that first quarter, but uh, I don't hate it, man. I, I Like I said, I, I love the family at Top Rank. I love the crew and guys at ESPN. And it's just going to be a great 2024. And we're going to finish it off with a bang here in Florida. And then, like you said, there's uh, the kid going for a second undisputed title. Never been done before other than, than Bud. So a uh, lot to look forward to in the sport. Um, 
and across all promotional companies, right? Not just top rank. There's some great fights out there. You know, Garcia just put on a show and I, I'm happy for him. So it, the sport is, is, is doing incredibly well. I think there's uh there's a narrative out there that kind of puts it on the side. And I think that's the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, there's just some great fights to be made. And I think 2024 is, could be a breakout year for a lot of these young guys um, to sort of set them up for what we talked about earlier with just this, you know, next step stardom in the sport of boxing. And so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's it's important to highlight in all of boxing, hopefully a lot of these good matchups coming together at the end of December. We're going to see Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder in separate fights in action, but hopefully they can come together next year. There's been rumors about Canelo Alvarez's uh, next fight, maybe Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence rematch could be something uh, that fans could look forward to in 2024. So hopefully a lot of continued good competitive matchups in in uh, the sport of boxing. Mark Chinook, I want to thank you so much of the time. Best of luck this weekend on this great card down in South Florida. And please keep doing what you're doing. Please keep hyping up these these fans, allowing these fighters to, to have these epic moments. Uh, you're a big part of that. So I want to thank you so much for the time and thank you for the cause uh, that, that you're working towards with Monday's Dark and, and for everything that you do. Thanks, brother, for having me on. Listen, your platforms like this allow me to come on and, and spread the word. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, to everybody watching, keep them up. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks so much. See ya. And that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you to my guests. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow at ate underscore podcast that's on instagram and twitter if you want to follow my personal channels it's at c-u-r-r-a-n-b-h-a-t-i-a on instagram and twitter that's at karen batia at on instagram and twitter please subscribe on youtube youtube.com backslash karen batia uh, please check out uh, our show on iTunes. Hit subscribe. Give us a five-star review. If you want to email the show, it's asktheexpertspod at gmail.com. I am Karan Bhatia, and this was Ask the Experts. Thank you for listening to Ask the Experts with Karan Bhatia. 